there's a guy I'm, I'm working with currently, a producer, and uh, he, he, I'm not gonna name names. He, he's put, he produced one of the hits, current hits, right? That we, we, that we have, and uh, one of the hits from last year, I think. Yeah, song was so big, and I saw the contract the artist gave him. It was so shitty. Like, I'm wondering, like, yo, who wrote this thing? Like, whoever wrote this thing has a wicked mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Hello, guys. You're welcome to the Listening Sessions podcast, a show about the music industry, its players, and the game. My name is Obina Agu, music businessman and your host. So um, today we have um, someone who has been a friend of mine for a long time. For the um, longest. For the longest time. <laughs> you know, so we are literally chopping it up with chopsticks. <laughs> how, how, how interesting. Literally. Chopsticks. Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you You're so welcome. much. I'm happy to be here, man. We really want to know. Our listeners want to know about your your music journey. So, um, how 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 did this whole thing start? I know you 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 started out um in your secondary school, and mm-hmm, I, I mm-hmm, think you guys mm-hmm. had a music studio yeah, and yeah, stuff. You know? yeah. So, uh, what what role did that play? Okay, that actually played a very 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 important role. In my career right now, because um, my school, Semurumba College, God bless our principal. That guy, <laughs> that small thing he did by building a studio in our school, that thing changed my life for the rest of my life. So um, I, I, I think P Square were, was my two years senior in school. Then with them, IK was my first, my one year senior in school. I keep one of the actor now. A lot of oh, really? Guys. Yeah, yeah. He's a, oh wow. He's from he's from, he's from Jose. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my principal then is a music lover. And initially, me, I, I loved music, you know, from time, from when I was young. I used to listen to a lot of music. My brother actually put me on music. You know, he used to put me on, like, a lot of old school records and stuff. So, um, we're lucky to have a principal then who was a music lover. And then he went ahead to build a, a, a school studio. He wanted to start up, like, a school band for us. But before then, I was in the church band. I was playing in the church band, which I, you know, <laughs> I got kicked out of because I made some suggestions that... So that tampered with some people's ego and you know so i got kicked out of the church band and i you know later joined the school band i joined the school band because i wanted to evade uh friday label anybody because if you're not in some club activity in school you'll be in the field cutting grass <laughs> and walking so that was my way of escaping but instead of you know finding a way to escape i now started you know get growing interested playing music because we had like all the instruments in school then band drums guitars and stuff so I started playing the bass guitar in school, then with our, our, with a couple of other students, you know, and our music uh, coach then. So from there, we now built like a recording studio beside okay. the actual play, um, studio where we had like the live instruments. Yeah. Before then, I didn't know anything about producing music, hmm. but I just I just loved music. You know, I wanted to create music. And I thought the only way to create music was to play live and record it. You know, so I didn't know anything about <laughs> digital production. So uh, one day we were rehearsing in, in the live session, in the live um, part of the studio. And then I was hearing music come for playing from the other room. So I went to the other room and I saw this guy on the computer, just one guy, playing saxophone, keyboard. I'm like, ah, well, what's, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? How are you doing this? I thought you needed more than five people to play, you know, music before. And I said, no, no, that this is a software. It's called Fruity Loops. Then it was Fruity Loops 3. Wow. That was like the first version of Fruity Loops ever that came out. 
So he copied the software for me. I'm not supposed to be saying this though. That's pirate. That's pirating. <laughs> so uh, he copied the software for me. So I went ahead to install it on my computer. Then, which I had to save up for to buy. That was a different story entirely. Because <laughs> my first computer then, uh, I think it was my mom gave me some money and then I had to save up some money and then my sister gave me some money and then before I could finally afford the computer then. But when I got the software, I went to my friend's house, my best friend then, Daily. He used to dance for P-Square. He danced in one of them. He was in one of the videos that won an award or something. So his mom had a computer in her room. <laughs> So what we we'll do is when we get back from school, we get back home before her, she gets back from work. We, when we get back from school, we sneak into her room. I install the software on her system. So, so the, one of his brothers stays, stands at the gate to watch when she's coming. Wow. And then we're there, we're producing. Just tweaking, trying out the software, just tweaking stuff, just playing around basically because there was no way to go on YouTube then because we didn't have internet then. Yeah. So the, we, we basically taught ourselves how to work the software. And then when he's when he sends his mom coming back, we quickly just shut everything off, you know, shut down the computer and go to the city room, chill, as we were reading. And that went on for a while till I was able to afford my own computer. And then I installed it and it started working. And Dylan so, never continued. No, no, he he's a dancer, okay. so he went on okay. with his dancing. But now I think he's basically left like the whole entertainment thing. He's more of a corporate guy now. <laughs> okay, so yeah. how how was it immediately you knew that uh, you know? Maybe, yes. Maybe this is something you like. Definitely, yeah. Because before then, um, I was already doing art because I studied fine art in school. Mm-hmm. I was already doing paintings and doing like artworks and selling them. You know, so I was already making money then at a very young age. Oh, um, like graphics. Stuff. Graphics, yeah. Oh wow. I do graphics, digital art. Oh, uh, I think I remember. Oh, you used yeah. to do a lot of um the artwork for Great Boy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. All the artworks for Great Boy till now till today. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so anyway, um, at that point, I had applied for um, admission at uh, ABU Zaria. That's like the most prominent art school in Nigeria, apart from Yaba Arts you know, School. And the first time I applied, I didn't, get, I didn't get admission. Second time, I applied for there, and I also applied for uh, the Maritime Academy, which I got admission for later, after I got admission in ABU. But anyway... Um, while I was in school, I would leave school and come all the way back to Jaws to work, to you know, work with my guys, great boys. So that kept on happening. I used to shuffle between Zaria and Jaws a lot. Shuffle, you know. Weekend, make, to make music. Just to make music, yeah. Wow. Every weekend, I would take like a two hours trip <laughs> down to Jaws, get in the studio. So before, it, it, before I met um, the great boys, my neighbor, Shehu, who uh, is married now with kids happily, you know, my very good friend. He he was he used to sing. He has a, he's a really talented guy. He has a really good voice. But I had another, another older friend, Efe, who's late now. Bless his soul. Um, this guy believed in me so much that he sold. <laughs> I, I still can't believe he did this. He sold his laptop to invest in um, like he literally. So this was way back then, like. You know what I mean to sell your laptop? He sold his laptop. To, I, I think he wanted us to... That was like selling a car. Yeah. It's not today where... To pay for a session. Is. Exactly. To pay for a session. Then the session was at um, Inner Hall Studios. And oh. then Jesse Studios. Yeah. And this studio was so far from our house that we had to take a bike all the way to there. And, you know, back. So it was just a struggle then. But anyway, um, after we lost our guy, if he, the guy that sold his laptop, anyway... Uh, we, uh, the, my friend kind of, he interested in music and I started, you know, kind of, um, yeah. 
and I noticed I tried as much as possible to encourage him, but it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really something he wanted to do. It was more he went into acting because he studied uh, theater acting school, so he he went solely into acting, and I had to just free him with that. So moving on, I met um, Young L. Young L was I think Young L was the first group member that I met through Bimbola, who's my very close friend. So we already had mutual friends, you know, but we didn't know. Yeah. So I meet Young L then. I, I remember giving Young L a CD of just beats, like maybe. 30 beats. I'm, that's basically all I do. I just sit in the, I sit at home and make beats from morning till night. And then I burn it on the CD and then, you know, meet up, just give people. I'm not, I wasn't selling then. I was just trying to get, you know, the music out. You know, and um, I met a young girl then and I gave, him, I gave him this CD. I remember him saying, yo, these beats are whack. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, a young girl honestly used to think I was a whack, whack producer. He was like, this, what, what was this? These beats are whack. Then. I'm like, damn, this guy says I work. Okay, I have to get back to work. So, but I didn't let that wow. hold me down. Yeah, yeah. I remember also giving Mood Nine. Then Mood Nine came to Joss for a show for one of those MTN um, um, on, um, on, on lock shows, on university shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hustled my way to get my CD to Mood Nine. Hmm. Because I used to be a hip-hop fan then, you know. Yeah. So I gave him the CD with like, uh, how many beats? Like maybe 30 or 20-something beats in it. <laughs> Uh, he just he was like, hey, I'll listen to it. Uh, and then he left. I left my number on it. And then the, I think two days after the show, when he got back to Lagos, he called me like, ah, yo, track five, that one, the one with the gunshot, I want that track, those kind of tracks. Send me more, send me more. I'm like, wow. okay, at least someone wants my beat. And then I went back to work, made some beat. Yeah. So I went back. I wasn't, I wasn't charging. It was, this was all free of charge because mm-hmm. I was just wanting my work to, to get out. Yeah. And then uh, I met Endia at the studio where I was working. Then the, where Abuchi linked me up with, Abuchi who's MI's current manager. Mm-hmm. He, um, he ended up came to audition for a radio, a, you know, one of these, um, what do they call um, people? He's a presenter on radio. Yeah. He came to audition for a role, you know. So you're supposed to submit your recording of your, how, how you know, talented you are, yeah. how you can present or whatever. So he came to our studio to record. That was how I met Andy. I was like, I've heard of you now, you're chop six serious? now. I'm telling you. See, you're chop six now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's up, what's good? And then um, from there, we just clicked immediately. Me and NBR's friendship is just, it happened one time. Till from then till now, we've been friends. Like, there was no back and forth with it. And then um, Ice, how I met Ice Prince was when we went for that first session. The one my guy sold his laptop for. Mm-hmm. We met him at the MI studio. And uh, him, immediately I met him. I just told him, yo, I used to have, carried, I used to have like a Walkman, a Discman with me, with the beats in it. Mm-hmm. And immediately I met him, I was like, yo, I have some beats that I think you're going to really fuck with, you know, so just have a listen. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. Took it, put it on this, put, it, put the headphones on, and he started listening. This guy literally started walking away with my, this man, <laughs> Bobby, just walking. I was like, okay, let me just chill. Because for this guy, is still my head, my walk, my only walk, man. <laughs> so immediately, he was like, yo, bro, you, you produced this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I produced it. He was like, are you serious? Ah, shit. He went and met M.I. Yo, he needs to listen to this man. That's one thing. I, if he loves your, your shit, he'll make sure he gets everybody on it. He's like, are you serious? M, M, you need to listen to this shit, man. This boy is dope. This boy is dope. M is like, yeah, hey, yeah, listen. Oh, yeah, listen to you. Listen. He went and met just He literally was disturbing everybody in the studio that day to listen to my beats. Then that day, after the session, I'm like, yo, I have to go back home. He's like, where's your house? I'm like, man, my house is far. Trust me, you don't want to go. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We hopped on a bike. Wow. I'm telling you, all the way from Inner Hub to my house in Rock Heaven. That's like 
a longer trip. It's like from here to airport, <laughs> to the um, local airport. Wow. And wow. I will go home. He's like, yo, I need to listen. I need to hear some more beats. So I played him a couple of more beats. He was freestyling right there on the spot. I was playing him beats, was freestyling. <laughs> and then we were there for a while, had a session, and then he went back home from there. We exchanged numbers. And then um, I had gotten admission, so I went to ABU. I went back to school, yeah. you know, to continue. So I was while I was in school, I was sending him beats. I'll come back to just work. So okay, yeah, we're making beats in school. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Already, I already had my laptop in school, so I was working from school as well. So Ice was already friends with Young L and India because Young L was already like it, it was a small circle. We all had mutual friends, so the way we all met just happened so effortlessly and so seamlessly. You get so, and then uh, when I found out that he knew Young L and he knew India, and India found out that he knew me, so we just all just became a group of friends. Yeah. So, but what solidified me and Ice Prince's friendship was when he heard he heard one particular beat that I sampled Biggie. <laughs> I sampled Big, uh, B, um, B.I.G., Notorious B.I.G. So he was like, yo, I want this beat. I'm like, because then I used to rap as well. I had, I had a mixtape that was out, that was about to put out. That, that beat, yeah, that beat was supposed wow. to be part of my mixtape. So I told him, yo, bro, I can't give you this beat. You're like, I need this beat. I like, guy, I can't give you this beat. I've already recorded this for my mixtape. I can do something else for you. like, I don't want something else. I want this one. I told him I'll think about it. So, while I was in um, First Wave, that's the studio I was working mm -hmm. then, Ice would come there every day to come and beg me for that beat. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how I know that wow. Ice Prince is somebody that whenever he wants something, he will go and he will get that thing. <laughs> you understand? So, he came to the studio that day, like, yo, bro, what's up now? Where's my beat? I'm like, your beat. Which one are you talking about? I said, that beat now. I'm like, guy, guy, just give up now. I've recorded that beat. Like, okay, he'll come back tomorrow. He left. He, he literally came there to ask me for that beat. He left. The next day, he came back with some other guy. I don't, I can't remember one of, one of his friends to beg me for the beat. That same, same beat. I'm like, yo, I can't give you this beat now. This guy literally left. I'm like, yo, bro, you have to give me this beat or else I'm not leaving here today. I'm like, man, fuck it, man. Just take So I, he gave me a flash. I copied it for him. He went to him, recorded it and killed it. So I was even happy that he, he, you know, he did justice to it because I was like, okay, cool, no problem. He did better than what I would even, you know, do on it. So at that point, that was even when I started diverting from recording to production mainly. You know, I wanted, I enjoy, I figured I enjoyed being a producer more than I enjoyed being an artist. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, cool. I'll just, you know, do this production thing 100%, you know, full time. And uh, yeah. So uh, at what point did the whole Green Boys thing come together? After, after Ice recorded that beat. He went. He did a sound check at some event, and that beat nearly blew up the speakers because that was probably this was in Joss we're talking about, bro. Like there was a lot of artists, but you have to stand out in a way. So um, the point where Ice was leaving Joss for Lagos after the whole Chocolate City deal came in, mm -hmm. that was when he now you know, introduced all of us officially. Like yo, this is my producer. This is chopsticks, chopsticks me, and they're like yo, these are my guys now. Well, we're even by then we already had great boys, you know, me, Young L, and India. We already, I was already. What of Jay Miller and Jay Miller as well? Yeah, we were already working on Apple you know, singles. We we're remaking tracks. So that's basically what we did back then. We were remaking songs. We will go on radio. People to the point where there was a time we went on radio and had people request um, a song for us to remake in twenty four hours. Hmm. So <laughs> people tuned in. Gave us a song to remake. We went to the studio, remade that song, mixed, mastered it in 24 hours, put it on radio the, uh, that same day. 
because it was I, a radio show. I, I yeah. remember the fire record. That fire. was that was that was the track. That was <laughs> that was the track, and that was the last that song. That was a fire song. Yeah, that was the last song we recorded before leaving yours. So I introduced everybody, and he left for Lagos, and from there we started working, 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 and it got to a point where Young L had the number one song in Jaws for months. But when I thought to ourselves, like, yo, bro, we're already big here. Like, you can't be a local champion in your, mm-hmm, your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Where the music is really happening is in Lagos. And this is the, this is the hub. This is the center of entertainment, you know. And we're trying to do this shit internationally, not just in our neighborhood, you get. Yeah. So that's when we decided to move from, from... I mean, I was still in school then, you know. Um, Jamie Lott moved with Ice. Yeah. And uh, NDA as well, and then Young Girl. And then as soon as I was done from school... As soon as I graduated, I had one extra year though because of this music thing. So as soon as I was done, I moved from uh, from Zaria to Lagos straight. Okay, but but did you move to just be a solo guy or mm. it was still the whole Great Boys movement? Because yeah. personally, mm. I'm a huge fan of the Great Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm still heartbroken <laughs> that um, you guys had to disband at some point. So what 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 led to that? Now this is what happened. When we came to Lagos, yeah, we had we had a bunch of songs already recorded. When we came to Lagos, we, we basically had to, like, settle in and study, like, the environment and know what kind of music pops here and how, you know, to... to we're, we're, we're trying to fit in, but we're trying to also, you know, service the people with our craft as well. You get So, we, you can't just come somewhere and just start, you know, acting your own way. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. know how the environment is. So, we basically did that for, like, a whole year. You know, built a network, you know, met people collected to contacts and all that and and then from there we released our first song which actually got uh, a lot of response you know we're like okay if this is happening that means okay it's possible we can actually do the shit here because yeah. the feel you guys were coming in was very fresh yeah and um, i still feel like there's still room for that type of um um, there is um, um band or yeah, group, yeah, you know, because yeah. in the Nigerian industry we don't have a lot of um duos and um, yeah. and, um bands, groups, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just just for the mere fact that you guys were a group, yeah, you know, you yeah. guys stood out, and yeah. then a group from Joss, yeah, Joss was like <laughs> the hottest thing in Lagos <laughs> at the time, yeah, so, yeah. Joss was waiting for on fire then because Ice was popping, Ice was, was popping, Jesse was popping, Jamaica, everybody was popping, and record and record label was just affiliating and so it was it was a hot time for you know for the guys then yeah but ap- apart from the fact that we're doing music together we also had our own, our individual careers as well young girl had his craft he was doing he had his you know album his mixtape he was working on same thing with india same thing with jamila and me as well so um yeah that was what at, at a point jamila had to you know leave the whole music thing and mm-hmm. chase his um you know his other dreams because people always tweet at me, where's Jamila? Where's Jamila? Where's Jamila? <laughs> One guy who accused me once that we used Jamila to do blood money. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that's the this Nigeria. <laughs> Where's the money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so far it's been it's, it's been good anyway. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So um, at, at this point, um, but why why did you guys not even work on a project you know yeah. i mean we, we have there we, should have been like we have one grip boy yeah it, now the thing is uh, um timing was one one thing you know and then uh availability was another thing mm-hmm. you know when when i was free probably younger wasn't free it was yeah. back in school when he was free i was back in school you know so mm-hmm. all those things and at that point now when i said okay since we can't do this thing together you know right now what can we do now you know 
best thing we could do at that point was to start doing our own individual projects. So that's what we can do. We were able to do from our own, you know, individual spaces and where we were at that point in time. So that was when Young Girl um, did Red Rose and India did 48. And then that was, yeah. yeah. 48. So we had to. And you made that. Yeah. Hmm. So we had to find a way to give each of us our ident- our individual identity rather than just, you know, classic. Because if if you have your own individual identity and you come together as a, as a group, it's stronger that way than just, you know, just great boys. Okay, who are the great boys? You don't know who the great boys are. But now you know Young L, you know India. You I know like the <laughs> boys was a strong... Yeah, yeah so we had, to yeah. Build, we had to build our individual brand, you know, so... So how, yeah. how did you end up being... I don't know if you were that, but mm. how did you end up being um, Ice Prince's official producer? producer. Okay, uh, it just happened that Ice Prince at that time was the biggest artist then, and we lived together, basically, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, and... I was a producer in the house, so I basically did all his tr- all his tracks. Because at that point, he gave me his he created. I was the producer and the creative director, you know, for us, me and Young L. Basically, built the Abuki brand for him. You understand? I uh, Young L styled him for that shoot. The whole Jalabia look and everything was, you know, all concept that we, that we built from from scratch. Wow. Yeah. So, um, uh, the fact that I was the producer in the house, you know, just you know, I felt like gave me. You know the opportunity to basically work on all all his you know project and whenever I'm producing and he hears a vibe that he likes, we start recording immediately. So it was the chemistry was there. You know we we, we I don't know how it happened, but whenever we do a track, it just it, it, it pops. You know so yeah. Was it a profitable partnership? Yeah. Now the thing is if. Profitable in terms of uh, in terms of um, platform, yeah. Because ice was probably and the biggest. Is valuable. Is me that, how <laughs> how I calculate money is is left for you. You can convert anything to money. You mm. understand? It's left for you to know how to um, to make that work. You get ice prince was the biggest rapper from Africa at that point. In time, you know, till now, I think I think he's still the biggest rapper with the biggest streams on Spotify till now. You get so, but at that point, he was so I, I was able, I was able to leverage on that, you know, on other projects that I was working on, which was also be, um, beneficiary to me, you know, monetary, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. monetary. So, yeah, so I would say it was at some to some point it was profitable. Hmm. To me, yeah. Okay, you 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 know, it's one thing to um decide that you want to be a producer and yeah. quite another to earn a living while doing that. Yeah. Can you remember the moment when it dawned on you that um, you know <laughs> maybe we'll be able to make enough money to get <laughs> off of this. Yeah. Um I'll say it was after we did the his uh, Ice Prince's second album. Hmm. Yeah. So and at that point there was a lot of projects on my table like Basically, yeah. money. Yes, <laughs> because every every project had a price tag to it. <laughs> you understand? And it it was more than I could, I could you know handle. I won't even lie, because nice. there was works with Coca Cola, there was works with telecoms. There was it was just coming from left and right. Good you know? problem. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. We can actually do this. But at that point in time, also I was also thinking of like alternatives. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've always wanted to set up some other businesses as well, but. You know, setting up a business in Nigeria is not business. You need yeah. capital, you need all that. So I was, I was, I was, I was thinking, okay, this is a good way to build you know, capital and then invest and put in some other. So I think that was one of the 
wise things, you know, I would say I did them. I, I, I remember some time ago you had this thing going, um, sound education. Sound education, yes, 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 yes. So, w- would you say, maybe you, you don't even realize it, but yeah. would, do you think your um, coming in contact with music mm-hmm. from your secondary school yeah. had anything to do with that? Because that, that, that was, was basically that, you taking your yes, music to the school. to the school. That was where that originated from. So, I thought, I thought to myself, I always used to get like emails and text messages from kids in school. Ages of 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, telling me, oh, bro, I want, to, I want to drop out of school. I want to be a superstar. I want to be like David. I want to be like Whiskey. And these kids are kids that if they look up to, you know, entertainers, if you tell them, yeah, drop out of school, they would rather, they would rather do it, you know, than listen to their parents. Sure. Because sure. most of those kids, they listen, they idolize, you know, they look, mm-hmm. they, there's people that they look at as their idol and they would rather listen to those people than listen to their parents, you know. So, when I get these emails, I'm, I think, think to myself, I'm like, okay, how, how, what can I do in my own part to, to help these kids and make sure they're still in school? And that's where sound education came up from. Me and my manager came up with the idea. So I told him, look, okay, this is what happened while I was in school, though. And I was able to stay in school while I was also doing music. And that, that helped me finish, go through you know, my secondary school. And so I told him, look, we can, we can actually do this for these kids, you know. So we came up with the name called Sound Education. Sound Education means good education. Yeah. Also, Sound Education also means education on sound as no, well. So I, I, I thought the name was dope. Yeah. So <laughs> as soon as we came up with them, we were like, okay, yeah, this is it. So, so it's more like it's a CSR project that we started doing on our own. So we've been to a couple of schools in Surrey. We want to start with schools in Lagos first. So at the point we expand, it will be a global thing, and then we can go to like other. I've done, I've done some, some of the seminars in. Kenya, so there's some schools I went to in Kenya, there was some I went to Uganda, I get. And I'm currently in talks with some some uh, uh, somebody in uh, from the Ministry of Education in Kenya in Uganda as well. Nice. Yeah. Because nice. they wanted me to come replicate what I did here in nice. Lagos there awesome. with them, yeah. And we've done a couple of schools in 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 Lagos here from Sudley, as most especially from Sudley. Yeah. Nice. Your 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 journey has been um pretty um, good yeah. and you're still on it yeah. you know but um chopsticks a lot of times in fact mm. i feel like i know more struggling producers than yeah. struggling struggling artists. artists i know what you mean yeah yeah you know so mm. how were you able to okay. to to surmount those challenges to be to be honest it's not easy for, it's not easy for the, for the fact that you are you are working with artists who you are trying to tell about split sheets and publishing and royalties and they have no idea whatsoever what you're talking about. You know, all they know is, oh, you, you've given me beats now, I've paid you. You know what I'm saying? So that's it. No, but it doesn't work that way. What you paid for is license. I'm, I'm licensing you to make money off of this beat. The beat is still mine. Mm-hmm. You understand? Unless you buy off the rights of the beat. So this, this is another thing I've been trying to educate upcoming producers on. There's a guy I'm, I'm working with currently, a producer, and yeah, uh, he he. I'm not gonna name names. He he's, he produced one of the hits, current hits, right that we, that we have, and uh, one of the hits from last year, I think. Yeah, song was so big, and I saw the contract the artist gave him. It was so shitty. Like, I'm wondering, like, yo, who wrote this thing? Like, whoever wrote this thing has a wicked mind. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, and. It's it, it just it's because he the, the producer was not exposed. He didn't know you know what he was getting into. For him, it was a privilege working with this guy. Ah, okay, ah, okay. But times things have changed now, you know. So 
I don't even believe in the term upcoming producer, upcoming artist. If you're if you're dope, you're dope. Today you can knock any, we can knock the A-list out of their, their chair, as long as you come with good stuff. You understand? So, upcoming that term is really really degrading. You understand? So, um, what I'm trying, what I try to do now is at least I try to educate as much as many producers as possible. You know, who are not aware about publishing or uh, split sheets or royalties or all that. You know, so it, it takes a while. So at the point, I had to stop producing music. To go and read about these things and you know educate myself and know how Very to lock down all my uh, all my uh, work and all my releases and everything and how know how to monetize everything you get so this is what I've been trying to to push and what I've been trying to educate all these other producers on as well because it, yeah. it, it's interesting that um, that that we are starting to have this conversation yeah, because. Yeah. Too many producers have um, created massive hits, yeah. and of course, for the artists, it's mm. going to go ahead and of have endorsement yeah. deals mm-hmm. and perform mm-hmm. on your beat and jump mm-hmm. on all the biggest stages. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and you are still stuck in a yeah. small corner yeah. trying to make more beats. You know, yeah. but um, I, I, do do you think there's um, more um, education, like yeah. like more awareness surrounding those things now, as opposed to what it used to be? Now, yes, I think so because people are other producers are watching the ones who've come before them, and they they're seeing how they're going about, you know, getting paid and securing, you know, their their own end of you know uh, their own end of the business. You get so they're watching and they're seeing how it happens. It, most of them still don't understand how this thing works. You get so and it's it's fine. You know, it's just if you don't know, you don't know. You can't you can't be you can't blame anybody. It's, you just have to go and educate yourself on it and know how to you know make this thing work so i feel like there's more awareness now than it w- there was before most artists till most of A-list artists don't even know right now they don't even, most of them don't even know about how to make money off online yes. <laughs> yeah and this online this your realities or whatever this is this is where you're going to make money from for until you die as long as your music is there online mm-hmm. you'll keep making mm-hmm. money from there your kids will make money from there your kids your children's children you know so it's only wise to secure or lock down that part of your career or of your business because the, I, I was always the moment you stop treating music as a poverty alleviation scheme and start treating it as a business, as a business. because music is actually a business. Is yes, record. What do you think record? You you are you are a business as an artist. You are a product. You are a business. So you have to you have to treat yourself as a business. If, what do you think if you go to record labels, ones that know what they're doing, they have staff, they employ people that are working under them, they, they pay these people their salary. So it's a business. You can't just say, I'm just putting out this. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people put out free music and just put it on there online. Really good music. I'm like, yo, you're, just, you're throwing money away. That's literally, it will cost you nothing to put this on platforms where people can stream and you still make money off of it. Um, so, I mean, there's, to tell you how serious music is right now, SoundCloud pays money now. SoundCloud is a streaming platform yeah. where people just upload music for free. Yes. Everybody goes there to discover new artists to stream. But now, they're paying. Every three months, I get a report from them. They send me an invoice. I'm like, this money has been... You, see, you literally see your um, log, you know. So, if it's that serious, yeah. it should tell you something that this is serious business. It's not, exactly. it's not, it's not exactly. a joke. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like... Managers do not really know what to do with music producers. Do, yes, the thing so is, have you, yeah. have you, um, or okay, from mm-hmm. a producer's point of view, mm-hmm. what do you expect from a manager? 
Because okay. I know it's different. It's not yeah. the same. Yeah. You know, with yeah. an artist, you're trying to get them onto stages. Yeah. You're trying to, you know, so mm. how, how, how is that different? Okay, there's not, there's not a lot of difference. In fact, there's more you can do with the music producer as a manager you get. Because I'm a content creator. You understand? Mm-hmm. I create content for you. Now, there's one million and one ways or one million and one places you can plug this content into. You get. I was talking to, I was talking, good thing you asked this question, because I was speaking with my manager some days ago, and we were talking about how to plug music in video games, and the people are actually doing it right now. You get. But why is it that, why is, why is it artists that think of these things? I mean, it produces, your, it's your music that this artist is right on. Mm-hmm. So if they can plug, you can plug as well. You get. Anywhere an artist can plug music, you can plug as well as a producer. You get. And, we're talking about my performances and um, where you know the music the music can be plugged and all that. And as a manager, I feel like you shouldn't just um, narrow your 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 talents uh, journey just to sitting in the studio and pressing some keys. Yes, it shouldn't. It has no way it ends. You know, a producer can perform. A producer can. De- in fact, it, producers are the best DJs. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because we make the music. We know where to cut it. We know where to scratch. We know where to merge one music and the other. Like, a producer can be one of the best DJs. You understand? There's so many things. There's a million and one things <laughs> that a producer can do, depending on how creative you are as a person. You know, me, I'm a very creative person. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I find other ways to connect each of my creative ability to my music as well. So I feel like my manager will have more work to do <laughs> for me because... I'm not one crazy. Yeah. yeah. He understands and, that. And for from a manager's point of view, things are just easier when your client has a vision. Yes, for what yes, to yes, do. exactly. Producer, for, most importantly, the talent has to have a vision. Because yes. most times when you ask yes. people, okay, what plan? What, what Give what, me something to yeah, work with. Where, yeah. You ask a talent, okay, what do you have planned? What, what's your plan? You say, Baba, I just want blue. I just want blue. You just want, okay, after you blow, then what? Then what? Will you rest? Because you've achieved your aim. You want to blow. <laughs> that, exactly, because that's the goal. You say you want to blow. So you you have to, you have you need to have a goal. You need to have a vision. You need to have something your career is tied to that's just bigger than the music. In recent times, mm-hmm. Nigerian musicians have done, and they continue to do amazing things. Yeah. You know, all these big stages, big yeah. venues. They're so commonplace now because yeah. everybody's selling out those yes, things, yes, you know. Yes, yes, so yes. Um, that's happening. Yes, me too. And um, that means a lot of money. Chopsticks, do you think it is possible for us to see a day where a producer is actually whiskey, David Obanaboy? Of course. Of course. Of course. Definitely. <laughs> let, let me tell you something here. If it can happen anywhere, hmm. it can happen with. These Nigerian producers are yeah. actually. I say this anywhere. Thank God I'm even saying it on this podcast now. Nigerian producers are actually the best. I'm not hyping. They are, we are the best music producers that we have globally. We can make... You can take a Nigerian producer, take him to Sweden, for example, or to anywhere in Europe. He will make European music better than Europeans. All he has to do is just listen and get... you know. Yeah. I have Nigerians that make trap... Nigerian producers that make trap beats. These guys have never been to America or anywhere where trap music is like that. And they make it way better than most trap uh, music producers you get so i feel like the whole nigerian factor makes you hustle you have you have to be on the top of the game or there's nothing for you so that that whole that hustle spirit is what you know but what we're lacking 
is those channels where we can make money off of and it will take it will take a while for us to set to set, set that up and but once it happens trust me all you will need to do is maybe make a hit and you're good for the rest of the year just one hit and you're good for the rest of the year because you will make good money off of it for the fact that we don't have those you know structures now yeah in Nigeria. We, we do actually but the people manning those structures cannot be trusted <laughs> because um at some point, we had to set up a publishing company called Greenlight Music Publishing for producers, basically, you know, solely because we had issues where artists would collect when they're filling the form for, you know, for um, to restart the music. Mm-hmm. Where it says producer, they put their name, so they collect for both themselves and the producer because they feel like, oh, I've already paid the producer. Why is he making money off of my music? You know, and I don't blame them because they don't know. They don't know. Yeah, if you are aware, you know that this is someone's intellectual property. You can't lay claims to it. They are losing you the beat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Unless you've paid for the rights, and anybody who's selling, the, you can't buy. Yes, it's a lot of money to buy the rights of an IP, and yeah, you know. So if unless you're ready to pay that amount of money, then it's, it's still not yours. If tomorrow Beyonce comes to me and says, "Yo, the bit of Abuki, I like it too. I want to pay you two million dollars." I'm like, okay, we'll still go and do this because I own the rights to all my, all my, all my shit. Okay, um, you had. You had production credits and, you know, easily the biggest album on the continent. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. African and, um, <laughs> That song also happens to have one of my favorite t- artists. Damien of, Wally. Of, Damien. <laughs> you know, so how, how did you land that placement? How did it happen? Okay. So that is actually a very funny story, that track. So the whole, how that even started was with uh, my friend TMX. Oh, okay. Yeah, TMX was another dope producer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, he, he was working on the project with GMK. Then GMK is a, is a producer and a sound engineer, yeah. who's currently working with Santi as well. He, and uh, he had he sampled something. He sampled a guitar. You know, he had a sample that he he, he had he you know he recorded, and he, he's been on his system. And he was going through a couple of samples, and he played that one. And TMX heard it, and TMX was like, "Yo, this is dope. Yo, copy this thing for me. Let me go make something with it." And while that was happening, Bonaboy had tweeted that oh he would love to make music with um, uh, Angelikijo, you know. Oh, and um, I think I think we we're also trying to get him to do uh, with Yusundo as well. And TMX hit me up was like, and at that time as well, I was, I was, that was a period when I was recording with him. We we're recording an album which I still have, which we haven't released yet. It's not. Um, I can't. I, I don't think I can say the name. With, with who? With Bonaboy. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was a period where we did. Uh, um Give me. Um, Oh, did bar uh, deja vu and uh, uh, the, the, um, what's the third song called? Yeah, <laughs> uh, called. So anyway, that was the period when I was working with Bonner Boy, and then TMX hit me up. He was like, "Yeah, bro, I know you're recording with this guy. I have this project, and I know he wants to record with this guy." TMX was already in talks with Yusundo's team. Yusundo was on was on tour then, you know. So he had already spoken to them. They were down with the whole thing, so we just had to just link up. Get Bonaboy to do his verse, and then send it to do to this guy to also do his verse. So, I set up the session, went to Bonas' place, we recorded. He recorded the song, one straight, wow, <laughs> straight, you know, and we sent it to the Yusuf guys, and then he was busy, he was on tour, so he couldn't record. So that project, this was two years ago, you know, that project, you know, just it didn't see the light of day, and we're like, okay, cool, no problem, it's fine. So while he was rec- working on African Giant. So I spoke to the mom. I was like, I still have this track. 
I'm I'm cleaning up the album I did with him. This, I want to put this track on the album. So I also I hit up the mom. I also hit up TMX. I was like, yo, I'm going to add some production to this thing, and it will be on my album. TMX was like, yeah, he's cool. He's cool with it. You know, like if I need him to add some more, more stuff, I can send it to him. I'll work good with that as well. So and um, I hit up the the mom told me, yo, yeah, send me the track. Let me hear it first. Okay. So I sent it to her. She loved it. She was like, yo, send me the MP3 now. Then the the wave files now. So. He can record because he's in, in the studio with Dime Mali. Wow. I'm like with Dime Mali. So I sent her the track, you know, and I was on hold. <laughs> we, we didn't hear anything. Next, next time we met was in Lagos at Burner's, um, the day before Burner Boy's uh, birthday. And she told me, look, that track is going to be on this album. Hmm. So we need to talk. <laughs> hmm. I'm like, okay, that track beat there. Okay. I'm not the only producer on that track. I worked with two other guys. She was like, it's fine. We all get you all get your credits, you know. And um, TMX was with me there at, on the meeting, and we talked about how uh, she she was saying, okay, it's just, the um, the track was going to be featuring two big artists, mm-hmm. Demi Mali and Angelique Kijo. Hmm. And Bernard had always wanted to do a song with Angelique. That's Kijo. massive. Yeah. So he he always says that that track is dear to him. That he actually loved that track for that factor. You know, he made his dream to feature Angelique Kijo come through. Come true. So. Um, we did the whole paperwork and everything, mm-hmm. signed everything, and then that was how that, that track got, got on the album. Hmm. Yeah. What, what, when you are, because I believe every producer is an a yeah. somehow, yeah. you know. So It's supposed to be an a Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So what do you listen for when you're, when you're listening to a new talent? Okay. Um, what do you hear that just makes you be like... Yeah. Marketable. I think this guy has it. Okay. Now the thing is, there's two ways I look. I look at artists. I look at you first as a product. Secondly, I go with my gut, my gut, my gut feelings. Now the thing is, um, there's a couple of artists that I've met. First mm. of all, you, you need to sound good at least. Not really. You don't have to have the best voice in the world. This is not, this doesn't mean that you don't have to sound good as well. Mm-hmm. But you. Know, you now we have technology, we have softwares that can make you sound like an angel. You know, we can mix your voice and make it sound anyhow. But at least you have to be creative with your with your uh, words, with your lyrics, and make it entertaining at the same time. I should be able to listen to you and enjoy listening to you, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're rapping or you're singing. You guys, first things first. Secondly, I'm looking at how when I'm looking at you, I'm looking at how I can also sell you as an image. You know, not necessarily mm-hmm. because yeah. If your music is good, but your image doesn't match your music, that might be a problem. You guess because there's a lot of artists who yeah. rather put out music and won't do photo shoots, won't do videos because they feel like ah, I don't look the part. So my part of what I feel like an era now should do is after scouting, you know, the talent, making sure the talent is there, mm-hmm. is also finding a way to brand that talent. Yeah, so. Yeah, those are part of the things I look at. If you're if you're a brand that can be developed, if not, I advise you to to write because a lot of people shy away from writing, and writers make a lot of money. You know, uh, we don't have we really don't have that culture in Nigeria, but yeah, it's something, it's something a few very few artists now are are, are looking into. Do you set up writing um, writing camps? Uh, not well, well, uh, let's say writers. writing sessions. Yes, of course. Yeah. I've worked with a couple of writers. You know, there's there's an artist that I discovered who was also a writer. I've got him to he I've got him to write for 
two artists so far. He's a young guy. A writer means you you literally write every day. Do we have yeah, such yeah. people? Yeah, we do. We do. But they just need to. Most of them are just carried away with the fact with the whole trying to be an artist. You know. Yeah. Facade. But they, if 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 the culture of writing is more publicized yeah. and if it's more monetized and if people mm-hmm. see the value of paying for music you know it doesn't take away anything i feel like nigerian artists have too much too much ego for the fact that someone wrote it for you you feel like it takes away something from you know your creativity it doesn't really you're still the one performing the music you know whether on, on record or on stage or anywhere you get it's your music you get so the same way you pay a producer to make a beat for you. If not, okay, you can go and make the beat yourself. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. it's, 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 um, it's content you're putting together. It, it, at the end of the day, you're, yeah. you're the one that's going, you're, you're going to perform the content at the end of the day. If anything, for me, it yeah. is artistic maturity. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, that is one of the things I like about Davido. Mm-hmm. You know, David is not afraid to say, oh, I wow, I love this record. I, really, I want it. Fact, I really How much do you fact. want? I'm yeah. going to literally give you my... Okay. <laughs> my ca- what do you want? No. I need to have yeah, this. I know there's one thing. Uh, it's one thing to buy. It. I feel like I, f- I feel like Davido is probably no hypo. Mm-hmm. He's probably one of the best A and R's we have in Nigeria hmm. or in Africa, and he has he has he has um, he has works to show for it. All the artists he has done he well has, with yeah, his label. All the artists yeah. he has signed. All the songs. That he has bought, mm-hmm. they've all done well. They're all he's turning out to yeah, be a so that's how you now. know. That's how you know a good A and R. Yes, because you know? it's one thing for you to buy buy music and then you record it and it's just there. It's not a hit. Yeah, you, they can sell a hit to you. You record it and it turns to be a hit. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's the artist that and how you carry the music and how you you know embody the music mm-hmm. that makes it what it is. Not necessarily the lyrics or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's just the embodiment. How you say what you say and you know. You can literally say that's the reason why a lot of artists get away with gibberish. You can, you can yeah. literally say gibberish in your music, and but how you say it, the confidence you say it with, or the emotions that's behind what you're saying, you know, is what actually is what is what sells. But but, but do you think um, the new creatives that are coming now are more open to the concept of um, songwriting and um, working with songwriters? Do you think yeah. we're going to get to that point where it is a thing yes. to be? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the younger artists are more. Um, open to that. The other guys are really cool because yes, they are yeah. always co-writing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you because, know. yeah. They are more open to that because they write for people and they write for themselves. So they see nothing wrong with getting a song off of somebody. Yeah. If it's a dope song, I love this song. I feel like I can do well. And it's another thing to identify a song that is in line with your style of music and yeah. the song that you would kill, that you you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that if I do this song, if I record this song, I'm going to kill it better than who, whoever has written it. You get so yeah. Okay, I've met a lot of people who say they are songwriters, mm. and then I say, okay, where what are your songs? Okay. <laughs> you know, and mm. they don't have any songs. Yeah. And even when you guys are in the studio and they're trying to, these guys are basically just rhyming, bed, lead, fed, most of them are bread. <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, you're supposed to take this thing a step further. Yeah. You're supposed to have a whole idea yeah, or yeah. a theme and just, you know, so mm. what, how are you different from this guy you're supposed to write for? <laughs> One of you the know? best songwriters I've written. Uh, this is not an advert, by the way. It's mm. just I was just you know happy with the way she went about in you know, her work. It's Aussie, Aussie Grace. You know, I've I've done a couple of tracks with her. I've worked on a song with I an artist. To, I need to check her yeah. out. Yeah, Aussie Grace. She's really dope. Hmm. There's an artist from Uganda that I worked with. 
that she wrote a song with for she produced the song she um, wrote the song that I produced for the artist she's really really good mm. those are one of the people that I've worked with one of the writers that I've worked that I know and I've a writer yes she's a writer yeah <laughs> she can she has a really good voice but she's not allowing that you know uh, cloud you know, mm-hmm. a vision of writing you know because most of most people once you sound good you're like, oh, i need to go and sing i need to go and, you know you don't necessarily need to be an artist you can write for anybody you can write you can literally write for a lot of artists you can yeah. rather you, you can yeah. write 10 songs at the same time and sell to 10 artists at the same rather mm-hmm. than releasing 10 songs mm-hmm. at the same time in fact to. for for the focused um person that route might even be a better way to yeah. really crack the industry exactly because exactly. through being yeah. a songwriter it yeah. means you know a lot you, of you, you know what content to put you, out exactly. you, you, know you know what a lot of artists exactly you know a lot of executives yeah. Some, songwriters so, are literally the bridge between artists and whoever is get, trying to get to the artist mm-hmm. you know when i'm trying to get to an artist i go through songwriters you know most of the most of the yankee artists i've worked with most of the artists from london from us yeah it's always through a songwriter that I've gotten those links. You get so songwriters are really, really important. In and I don't, I don't know why I feel like songwriters in Nigeria don't, they, they don't, they really don't want to be identified as a songwriter because they feel like it's kind of degrading. It's not. It's not. It's, it's, it, you are a very important part of the ecosystem. You are, you're like the bridge, the a very important link, you know, between between the artist and and uh, and whoever. Is around the artist or mm-hmm. whoever is trying mm-hmm. to, whoever needs connectivity to the artist. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you've worked with a lot of these big guys. Yeah. So I can imagine what it's like trying to tell them. Um, how, how, how do you approach the sensitive task of discussing changes and um, rearrangements yeah. with, with with talents, big and small? Okay. Um, there's two ways. <laughs> yeah, there's two ways of going. now as a, as a music producer another thing you need to be um, skilled at is psychology that's mm. one thing because mm. you need to know how to deal with people mm-hmm. you need to know how to handle people mm-hmm. now there's artists who are, who listen they, they, they're ready to learn you tell them no this is not dope let's do it this way mm-hmm. they're like oh, okay they see it your way and then they do it and then they see results you get so they trust your judgment there's artists who feel like, oh, yo, I've been doing this shit, man. Like, what, what are you saying? Like, bro, just record me, man. You know, so those type, two things you should do is either let them do their thing mm-hmm. or you don't let them do their, or you don't, or you don't do that project because yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, your, it's your name that's going to be on that project Absolutely. if it doesn't work. Absolutely. Yeah. Or you give them, a, give them an idea and make it seem like it's their idea. Hmm. <laughs> you know, so at the end of the day, they are still getting done what they need to get done. You understand to make the the the, the record a dope record. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of artists can be difficult sometimes. I promise you. Do Do you think how important is it for people to learn the basics? You know, like go to production school and just understand music from 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 ground up. Why is this thing like this? Why you know? Is it important? Because uh, I know around here, in fact, Nigerians are so gifted. We yeah. often do not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, uh, it's. I wouldn't say it's not important too. It's important, but I didn't go to any music production school. I can't even read music. I can write music. I, like, I can't write notes. Mm-hmm. I, can, I don't mm-hmm. know how to, but I, do, I can play music. You get so. I feel like what people need to be enlightened more about is the business aspect of music because mm. there's a lot of creative you, you can't teach creativity 
You know, so you can't teach talent. Yes. You can't teach, you know, those. You can't teach talent. You can't teach creativity. So what you, people need to be taught is how to monetize that creativity. You know, that's what you should be taught in school. Music. When you go to music school, fine and good, they'll teach you how to play the piano, how to play keyboards, all that you can learn. You can learn most of those things, you know. But what you need to learn is how you can make a living out of, you know, off of that talent and off of that skill. Awesome. So, um, producer albums. Yeah. I mean, especially in a place like Nigeria, mm-hmm. how how does a producer make money off of that stuff? Because yeah, the, same, he, the same way an artist makes it, makes it yeah, money. Yeah, because, <laughs> because the way I'm thinking about it is yeah. you are, you have the beat, yeah. and then on one song you have three people or two people, mm. and you know you have ten tracks or fifteen tracks, yeah. and at the end of the day you possibly have worked with twenty twenty something artists, talents. Yeah. You know, so if all these people are supposed to get a little something, yeah, yeah, you know what what. <laughs> what comes to your identity? Or is it just mostly a publicity thing? Just to, um, just to put I mean, word out there. Yeah, you you can feature two big names to get your work to just to get your word to get the word around to get you know also traction and mm. you know and streams and all that. But as a producer, you necessarily don't need to feature anybody on your record. To be or to be honest with you, <laughs> you don't you necessarily don't need to feature any artist, you know, to to do a producer album. Music, now, you need to understand that as a creative, in fact, you are supposed to break some rules. Hmm. Because they will say, okay, you're, you're putting out a, an, an, an album. Fine and good. It's, oh, you're putting out a song. The song mm-hmm. is supposed to be beats and then it's supposed to have an artist singing on it. What if I don't want to have an artist singing on it? What if I just want one line from an artist that can repeat and chop and sure. sample? Yeah, so sure. I, that's where I'm a producer. I have a, I have a, a um, I have an edge a, to, you know, we create this thing the way out the however I want it. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be but on the same project or on the same body of work you can just have, you know, one or two big names. Just just to get the word, you know, to a wider audience and to a big audience. I mean I'm a fan of collaborations. Mm-hmm. Right from mm-hmm. time all the songs I've put out, I've always find found a way to to collaborate to meet to link people and you know just you know share let's just, you know, get the word around and have a wider audience, you know, and I've, I mean I've worked with people from different countries so and I've always, always found a way to get them on the same track. You know, so. what, man, it's too many um, producers mm. around. How do you manage to stay ahead of the ahead of the curve? And like you yeah. just said, there's nothing like upcoming anymore. No, no, you no. Could have been doing if you're good, you're good. Yeah. And somebody Someone comes can pop up today. You know? just, yeah. So, <laughs> so right now, you know that. Your competition might not even be Sars and Cobams and yeah. these other guys. Yeah. You know, it might be the small boy in UJ. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you stay sharp? <laughs> now, that's why it's important for every producer to create a style for himself. Hmm. I, I don't. For me, I don't. I don't believe I have a competition because I have a style of music that I've created, which you know I'm ahead of. You understand? So. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, one of the most important. In fact, producers as, as a producer, every producer, every producer that has broken an artist, you know, into the industry with a song, has come with a particular style of music or a particular style of bounce. Yes. Where, you know, if you check it from time, so it's one it's part it's one of your role to you know to create sound or to create or to, or to change the trend. I say there's a time where you follow trends. There's a time where you become the trend, mm. and there's a time where you create the trend. 
as a producer, that's what you're supposed to do. So, um, finally, what are you currently working on now? Uh, I mean, we just I've I've been listen. I've I've been off social media for how many months now? For a while now, because I've been in the studio. When it's, I've been working on um, NDR's album. NDR is one artist that has. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that level of loyalty wow. among like his fans are still waiting for him till today for his album because he hasn't dropped anything in the longest while and you know we've been working on his album I literally just fin- before this podcast I literally we literally just finished last night this till this morning we worked till till um, 7 a.m. this morning wow. and from there I had like an hour nap woke up I had to prepare for this you know podcast now yo yeah india's album is ready and then also young l has his album ready as well and i have a couple of production on the album as well yeah and then there's um there is an indian artist i'm working with okay that's interesting i can name name for now (laughs) that's interesting yeah um final one yeah this is the last one i know i said that before Mm. um do you set out to make a hit Every time, <laughs> or to be honest, yeah, I don't sit and say I'm like I'm like I'm like I'm going to make it. No, no, it's literally just me. Just <laughs> I just create, you know, I just create. How music has to come from somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, music has to come from somewhere, from within you, yeah. somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, there has to be a source. Yeah, yeah, and if you don't have that source, at the end of the day, you just end up going in circles, and you just make something just for making sake. Are there times when you feel helpless because? Yeah. Um, uh, the the music doing well doesn't totally depend on the quality of the production, even though that is a strong factor. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. now we have to talk about promotions, mm-hmm. we have to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times, if these things do not all come together, together yeah. it's not going to happen. The music. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like as a producer, I'm mm-hmm. sure you have a lot of records you mm-hmm. felt like, man, with the right exposure. Yeah. I did, some, yeah. I did some. I did some. I did some. stuff. Yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah. Um. Now, basically, yeah, promo is something that we shouldn't joke with. Mm-hmm. Either producer or artist or whoever is putting out content. Mm. It's like okay. Let's say for example, now I have this bottle of alcohol, uh, this bottle of beverage here. Yeah. This is really dope product, but I'm the only one that knows it's dope. Mm-hmm. It's just here. Mm-hmm. How else do people know it's dope? I need to push it to you. I need to push it to the next guy. I need to push it to the next guy. I need to. So that's that's what promotion does. It just it it, it puts it on the right um, on the right um, radar for the right people who are going to get the word around or people who consume you know that that particular product. But if if you can't afford product uh, promotion, you can only you now have to only just depend and hope on the quality of the music, which will just drive it to an extent you yes. know, and that's the that's the strength that's how far you can go you know but promotion does be- more you know it takes that music more that farther than you know just the quality of it now if if your music is good yeah and it's, if it's promoted first of all I'll, I'll see the music and then I'll be like okay what is this and then I'll listen to it and I'll now find out that this is actually dope music you get that will make me pitch it to the next guy or play it for the next person mm-hmm. because it's dope mm-hmm. music. Everybody wants to be affiliated with something that is dope. You yeah. So that's how it works. And if all that factors don't come 
although online there's only very rare cases where you find artists drop a song and they don't promote and it blows up yes either you are a big artist and mm-hmm, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you have you already have a, an audience already a huge following or you're just lucky you're just one guy that just dropped one song and then the song just blew up you know and that is yeah. the type of luck you cannot bank on the you second can, you know, time you around. Can't, you can't. You, you, I mean, you're running a business here. <laughs> business doesn't run on luck. <laughs> exactly. You have to put something in to get something out. You know, so you know you have to promote. You have to you have to invest in it. You know, you have to promote. You have to put your money in it. You have to put your money where your mouth is. You have to put your money where your business is. So, um, finally, yeah. how do you how do you use social media to your advantage now, mm. or what can how can a producer use um, content marketing to their advantage? Okay. Um, now, like, the, one of the first songs that I dropped as my single, mm-hmm. I blew the, I, blew, I literally blew the song up from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Before then, there was, it, there was the, um, the, um, the Olamide song that trended on Instagram. With the, with the, they, only, they had a pose for it. And, you know, those are, those are things that I feel like people should study now and figure out how it worked and like before thinking she dropped i already cre- I created a, a thing a, on instagram that everybody was doing people don't even know why they were doing it you know until the music dropped so as, as soon as the music dropped it, there was already something in motion already you know there was already a movement there was already a, a, a thing going on on instagram the cool the cool thing you know which is to pose and cover your nose and take a picture <laughs> i was literally doing that because if you check most of my pictures on Instagram or on social media, I don't show, I don't like to show my face. So mm-hmm. what I do when I when I take a picture, I cover I just cover up my nose. And yeah, I do that a lot in most of the pictures, and I will tag stinking sheets. So people told me yeah, someone was stinking. Yeah. So and a lot of people started doing it, and then after the music dropped, it just went viral. And we now used social media to get the word out the more. And that was how I promise you, I didn't. I, I, that was one of the songs where I felt like if I had spent you know money on it, I would have gone further, you know, than it did. But I didn't spend one era on promotion. That was that was me using social media, and that was what I feel like a lot of people do now. And that was how social media has actually helped music distribution and music promotion or awareness of music right now in our current age. Imagine when there wasn't social media, how songs used to blow up. It literally has to get to you mm-hmm. on a CD mm-hmm. for you to listen to it. You know, so it was it was harder to distribute music then. Now there's internet. There's I mean, you can market online. You can put you can do an email. Um, mailing list and just spread it around in one second and it's everywhere in one second it's in one in a, a million and one places you know so, so that was what I, I I decided to you know use and it was a, it was almost a global trend then you know so I, I feel like a, a lot of a lot of artists need to look into how to use like if you have let's say for example you have three million followers on your Instagram or two million followers on Twitter that's enough audience. For you to start prom, like nobody will promote your music harder than you promote your music, unless you are paying them a serious money. So you need to, if if you are posting five pictures a day and you have a single out, four of those pictures should be about your single. You understand? So if if you're because I mean you have three million people viewing. Okay, let's say you have three million followers. Let's say three million people don't view it. Okay, two million. People. Even if one million people can view it, well, that's still a lot of audience. You know, so that's a good platform for you to to promote your stuff. So I feel like if you're an artist and you're online and you're not promoting your music or you're not using that platform, or and then I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Are albums still important or everything is moving too fast? Nobody has time, leisure to single. Albums are important. I feel like albums are part of what helps solidify an artist as an artist. You know, because 
If you're an artist and you've, you've been dropping singles, you've, you've been an artist for five years now, and you've just been dropping singles, 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 singles. Okay. Do you have a body of work? Because most of these people, before most of these labels or a, a, or a corporate body works, you know, they ask, what is work? Send me his work. Send me mm-hmm. his body. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, like your, it's like your catalog. It's like your um, portfolio of work. You mm-hmm. know? That's what an album is. You know? So if you don't have that, then what are you really doing? <laughs> Yeah, you can just be any regular other person just dropping singles. Right? I agree. Yeah, so that I it agree. helps put your foot on the ground as an artist. Helps solidify, you know, you as an official artist, as an artist, you know, as a creative. Right now, who are the guys you're feeling? Okay. Musicians yeah. and um, producers. Yeah, the guys, the new, the current guys I'm feeling, like the hot new producers. I'll say, um, there's a guy called Tuzi. There's also um uh You guys go check out Tuzi. Yeah, I Tuzi, don't know Tuzi, him too. Yeah, so. Tuzi beats, yeah. There's Kelpie. Kelpie is dope. Mm, and yeah. then uh, there's um I think there's a few of them. Kelpie and, and Phantom. Phantom is my is, is Yeah, Phantom. I love Phantom, yeah. Phantom is good. Yeah, that's that's basically it for now. How how yeah. much music do you listen to? Is it mm. Is it important? Some people say they don't like to listen to stuff so it doesn't mix with their own stuff. Ah. I <laughs> think it's ridiculous. That's 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 that's, <laughs> that's laughable. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, as a producer, I, mean, I listen to a, I listen to a wide range of music because honestly, you don't know where inspiration can come mm-hmm. from. You can't mm-hmm. say I can't say because I want to only listen to Arabic. I want to listen to no. I listen to basically any music. I'm literally always online. Searching for new music, nice. Just nice. trying to, uh, and also I'm online searching for new artists, searching for people who who's put out an album today. I want to hear what's going on. Like, what have they produced on this? It so, definitely helps to keep you fresh. It definitely, yeah. So I'm only I listen to a wide range of music. I mean, I just mentioned that I'm working with an Indian artist. So yeah. <laughs> what yeah. should an Indian artist that a Nigerian producer having? You know, what like what should be the link? You know, but we found a way. You know, and I found a way to merge our sound and his sound. You know, mm-hmm. so, Awesome. I mean, how how was the Coke Studio thing for you? I, it was amazing. Yo, there's the story. Be, do, do you still have time? Can I talk about Please. that? What is the story behind that was? Um, you know, this was about like early. Um, I think it was in 2014 or thereabouts, or 2013 or yeah. I can't remember the first time I went, but I always wanted to be a performing producer. You know, because I felt like as a producer, you can't just be just there producing. You know, you need to perform your work as well. You get so. I I was driving past um, Inikoi, the body lawn, and I saw those those big big signboards, and it was Coke Studio. Although before then I had already heard about Coke Studio, and I'm like, okay, these are this is a platform where you know artists just go collaborate with other artists from. Because anything that has to do with collaborations, I love to collaborate with. You know. Artists, musicians, whoever. Let's just come together and make something awesome, you know. And that was the whole idea behind Coke Studio collaborations, you know. And I'm like, yo, how do I get on this thing? Because I'm a producer, I'm not an artist, you know. And but this is a platform where I can act. I don't know what I was thinking, but I've just felt like this is a platform where I can actually showcase, you know, my performance. And I think I was driving past. I saw. MI's poster. MI was supposed to be, he was lined up for, you know, the next uh, whatever. And I, I was like, MI ah, is going for Coke Studio. So I called up Abuchi. I'm like, yo, bro, what's up now? <laughs> Abuchi has always been my plug, by the way. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, bro, I'm telling you, I'm like, yo, bro, what's up now? MI is going for this thing, you know? 
Do you know anybody there? I was like, yeah, yeah, just give me a second. Like, but like, but you're, you're a producer. I'm like, yeah, I'm a producer, but I want to perform. He's actually all laughing. Like, okay, cool, no problem. And another thing is to have people who around you who who um who wouldn't put their fears on you because if you tell them you want to do something, they already trust your thought process. They know mm-hmm. that you've thought about it, and mm-hmm. if you say you want to do this thing, they will support you because they know you've thought about it. And so he put some call through, and that very day I got a call from. From from Kenya, I think he basically just sent them my EPK and my catalog and everything, and they were like, "Yeah, fine. We even need we need a producer." I, I, I was literally like the first producer on that show, you know, like so solely producer. I was the first producer on, on, on the show. So um, they invited me over, told me to give them a list of you know equipments I would need. I gave them a list. They bought it all. I went there the first the first time, working with um, the team, and I can remember we we had to. Produce. I think the first artist I worked with was Fino and some uh, and a Mozambique Neymar, some artist from Mozambique, from Mozambique. Yeah, she's really talented as well. And Fino had a show in America, so he came. He couldn't make it, so he came late. And we had to reproduce his track, mm. um, Man of the Year, and one of the track, you know. So and I, we did all that in twenty four hours because we had to get the tracks ready before he came, mm. you know, to to record and also perform. And while I was uh, producing because I had this um, console, the MPC, the drum machine. Yeah. While we were rehearsing, the guy, the director, the music director, saw what I was doing, and the the guy in charge, the, some white guy, Mr. David Sanders, bless him. That guy <laughs> did a lot for me. So he was like, "Yo, this guy is literally just producing right here on stage. He's performing already. You know, why don't we make a platform for him right in the center of the stage?" and while he's performing, the other artists are beside him performing as well. I was like, yo, okay. Oh. So, I literally, I didn't even, I, I came, I, I was, this was what I planned as it was happening already. I haven't even got better. I haven't even, you know, what it out yet, you know, and he suggested it. I'm like, okay, fine, that's good, let's do it then. So, they set up the stage and I was producing live there on stage while these guys are performing and it was an awesome show. And then from that, from that episode, they created a, a section called the producer showcase or something. Where I, when all the artists are done, the producer will now come and perform. Hmm. So the, I went there the first year, sec, went there the second year. I did that. Then the third year as well. So I went there three years back to back. Whoa. And from there, they now started inviting other producers as well. Man, you other. secured a lot of bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good money though. So, but I, I was happy. I was able to you know, Spread start something. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of producers got invited to Cook Studio, which you know, is something awesome. I feel like producers need to be involved more yeah. in a lot. They, I mean, the producer industry is a totally big industry that is even undiscovered yet. Exactly. You know? People are more exactly. focused on artists, 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 artists. Do you know what the producers can do? Like, there's a lot we can do. Yeah. We basically create the content. Yes. You know, I'm, so. I'm, I'm really excited about these points you've um, yeah. raised, this conversation, because I feel like a lot of producers are not thinking wide enough yeah i mean there are people who are just there making soundtracks mm-hmm. and they don't even care about what you and i are doing in the music yeah, business yeah, and they're yeah, doing good and yeah, they're fine yeah you know so you just really need to know that you, you you're not limited at you all know? at all there's no, see, there's no limit to as you are a producer you create music i mean you create music you create from nothing just a bunch of sound and you're making something that the whole world is dancing to mm-hmm. that's a superpower you can't, mm-hmm. you can't you can't look past that. you can't look down you can't you can't take that for granted you know so but i feel like producers need to start um 
trying to get more in front of the scene than just trying to than just being okay, just sitting down behind the scene. Nah, I don't want to be involved. I'm, I'm good here. I'm not an artist. Is being yeah. a DJ ha, ha, has that become a natural trajectory for yeah. producer? producer? Yeah, me, uh, yeah I've, I mean, I've always loved to DJ. The first DJ gig I did was in Uganda. Big shout outs to Phil, Fly Phil. He made that possible. That was actually my first gig ever. I was headlining a show in Uganda. <laughs> like they made Philip. It, I'm telling you, they made a poster and all that. So and I had to rehearse for at least two weeks. Nice. For a ten minute set. So did you kill it? Uh, I, I mean, I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I tried because I've gone to a couple of shows where yeah. the performance was mediocre. Yeah. And then you go on TV, uh, on, on Twitter, and the guy say, "Yo, Yo it was we just killed it. <laughs> we just shut it down." I'm like, uh, bro, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well. Like I said before, producers yeah. need to start looking into DJing Absolutely. because Absolutely. trust me, as a music is not it, it will come to you naturally as a music producer. DJing it will it will come to you naturally. I, any producer listening to this podcast right now, please, from your next payment of your DBT selling, save up some money, buy yourself a deck, and start practicing how to DJ at home. You know, that is a that that's. Uh, it, not to take money or to take a food off of anybody's mouth, but trust me, oh brother, this is you are you're probably going to be one of the biggest DJs, you know, be, bigger than or, or the DJs we have. My favorite know. Nigerian DJ right now, yeah, you'll be shocked. Who's that? Bigfoot. You understand? He's a producer. Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot is awesome. You, you should listen to his set, bro. I won't Bigfoot is it. dope. I know Bigfoot. Bigfoot is dope. So now the thing is, he's a producer. Mm-hmm. Like I said, mm-hmm. he knows. He he will by default, but naturally he will know where and how to cut the music. He will know how to mess with your emotions. He will know how to take you from zero. He will know to how 100. to play dope songs that didn't blow up. Thank you very much. But when he introduces he, he'll put them, in the mix, like, you understand? He can literally make an R and B song, put a you know club whatever on. You will know how to mix music. It's, bas- it's literally what you do as a producer while you're sleeping. You know, so I feel like a lot more producers need to look into DJing. Yeah, I'm still I'm I mean I'm still I still DJ. You know, I still do one or two silent gigs there, but this is something we need to do. You know, as there's a lot of other things that we can do as music producers, but it's just one. This is one of one in a million things that we can do as a music producer. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're man. welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. For we 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 we're done chopping it up <laughs> <laughs> with chopsticks. Yes, sir. Yes, Thank sir. you so much for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me, man. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs>